first of February 22nd, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, Uh-oh. Robert Muller's personal trainer, <laughs> Muller, the fake news dog. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know we're in negotiations with Mahler's agent. Yeah, he wants more bucks. Yeah, and, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankly, I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he really has been carrying the show for quite a long time, so <laughs> well, yeah, gotta yeah, get that. <laughs> Coming up, zombie deer, domestic terror, genetically modified brains, and more. But first... When's the last time you had your blood work done, Mike? It's been a long time. Huh? Yeah, it's been a very, very long time. I uh, You got to go in. Yeah. I, I go in about once a month. Yeah. It's great. I, I have phlebotomist friends. Do you know? Go, yeah. I have a favorite phlebotomist, although she gave me a, what do you call it, a hematoma. Oh, she last did. Time, a little bump there. A little bump, it yeah. It kind of hurt when she took the blood out. You know, right when she stuck it in, I knew that she had made a mistake. Ooh. She was nervous that day. Oh. She was talking to me about how she had too many customers or yeah. whatever, you know, blood sacks. Too many blood sacks <laughs> and not enough phlebotomists. Yeah. I do not like needles, so I'm not a huge fan of getting like my blood needles. drawn. How can you not like needles? I don't like movies. Okay, see, like I'd see, and I'm defined by that. I'm yeah. defined by people who actually like needles. I hate them. I don't like needles. Okay. But I'm not backing off from them or anything <laughs> until somebody sticks them in me. I don't like to watch the process. Yes. But I had some guy, his name was Julian. Boy, was he good. Really? We were talking about all sorts of stuff, and before I knew it, it yeah. was over. Yeah, I know. could even feel it go in, honestly. Yeah. He touched my vein with a very light touch with his finger. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. And then you're court low before you know it. Yeah. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued an alert warning old people like us Uh against getting infusions of blood plasma harvested from young people. This sounds like something Keith Richards would be doing, doesn't it? Why? Because he snorted his dad's ashes? No. I remember years ago hearing about how he would trade out his entire blood supply about once every year or so. That was probably some... Yeah, it was some Rolling Stone, right? agent came up with that. But anyway, tell me more. not getting any news. What can we say about you? (laughs) Exactly. Doesn't he look like a guy that might do that, though? Okay, never mind. Young blood is sold as an anti-aging treatment and a cure for conditions ranging from memory loss to dementia. Parkinson's disease. That's not funny. Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis. Let's have fun at the expense of people with Alzheimer's disease. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Heart disease and post-traumatic stress disorder. But the FDA says getting an infusion of young blood can cause infectious disease, trigger allergic reactions, and cause lung injuries. Yeah. That's no good. No. The infusions can also overload the circulatory system. You know, like if you have a heart problem, Mm -hmm. you get too much blood in there. It doesn't know what to do with all the blood. So it swells and you have breathing trouble. This sounds like something that some shyster grifter has been selling to baby boomers who are at a certain point in their life. They're getting older. That's what the FDA says. Yeah. They said, simply put, we're concerned that some patients are being preyed upon by unscrupulous actors touting treatments of plasma from young donors as cures and remedies. 
One young blood company called Ambrosia has locations in Phoenix, Los Angeles, Tampa, Omaha, Nebraska, and Houston. Customers 30 years old and above can set up an infusion. They get the blood appointment from plasma harvested from healthy donors aged 16 to 25. Yeah. You need the blood when you're 30? Come on. My blood was great when it was 30. My blood was out. I had great blood when I was 30. This does sound exactly like there's a pool of people who are 16 to 25 who may be in the process of trying to pay for school. They need extra income. They're working a minimum wage job and they can give blood. Eight grand. Eight grand. For a liter. Ouch. Buy one liter, get the second liter half off. (laughs) You get one liter for eight. Two leaders for 12 at Ambrosia, but they shut down. As soon as the FDA brought this up, they're off the web. I tried to visit them and find out what was up. That sounds and like, all it says is due to an FDA ruling. That sounds like all kinds of trouble. An Associated Press report found that every day, millions of gallons of water loaded with arsenic, lead, and other toxic metals flow from some of the most contaminated mining sites in the U.S. and into surrounding streams and ponds without being treated. More than 50 million gallons of contaminated wastewater streams daily from the sites. 50 million gallons. 50 million gallons. Daily. In many cases, it runs untreated into nearby groundwater, river, ponds, a roughly 20 million gallon dose of pollution that is poisoning aquatic life and tainting water supplies in Montana, California, Colorado, Oklahoma, and at least five other states. It's a legacy it is. for the mining industry right. that was allowed to operate in the U.S. for more than a century. Companies that built mines for silver, lead, gold, and other hard rock minerals could leave once they were done, done harvesting. Once they pulled all the uh, minerals out, they just left, leaving behind tainted water that, to this day, leaks out of mines or is cleaned up at taxpayer expense. Yeah. You and I are cleaning up for their mess. That's right. This is an untold story in America that's been going on for decades and decades. A lot of these are Canadian companies. There's a lot of mining going on in Canada, and they've been lobbying the federal government to take out leases on federal land. And this is the kind of behavior in an unregulated government regime like we have with Trump and we've had with others. They're allowed to get away with this. They're able to lease this land for next to nothing. They're able to do what they want to it. And then they leave us, the taxpayers, the bill to clean it up. And this is part of their legacy. There should just be a tax on them as they're doing it. Yes. And on all mining companies. Right. For the extraction process, because we know it's going to dirty things up. It's exactly right. (laughs) Increasingly, there are more laws about what you just brought up. And that is people who create packaging for certain kinds of products. They tax them for the cleanup at the end of it, at the end of the cycle. So they're being taxed in advance of what will be required to do to clean up their mess. That's what should have been going on here, but it didn't. Yeah, once we know that they're doing this to the land, we should tax them for it. It's not as if this is a revelation. It's just the extent of it is, I think, fairly new in terms of understanding it. Did you take that Woodrow Wilson Foundation citizenship I sent you, Mike? Did you take Uh, the test? I did not. You did not? No. No. I'm confident that I would pass it 
I don't know. A 50-state study by the Woodrow Wilson Foundation found that only 4 in 10 Americans know enough about basic civics to be able to pass the U.S. citizenship exam. The foundation conducted a survey with 41,000 American adults across 50 states in Washington, D.C., giving people a short multiple-choice test. The results, according to the article, were pretty grim, but I say the test was even worse. That test sucked. It was more interested in dates and numbers than in how government works. You say, okay, when was the Constitution written? Oh, I, I happen. When was yeah, it? Yeah, this is multiple choice. Okay. But instead of saying 1787, uh, 1843, right. they say 1787, 1788, 1789. So you're going, oh. well, wait, this is not what we want citizens to be able to say as long as they get basically that it was in the 1700s right, right. after the declared American our Revolution. independence yeah, yeah. the declaration of independence then that's cool but outside of that why are we quizzing people on these dates this sounds like the mentality that students deal with today yeah. to learn facts as opposed to learn how to think right yeah. Even the basic questions were confusing. For example, the U.S. fought the Revolutionary War because A, British troops were living in their houses, or B, financial reasons. Now, that was the only one I got wrong. Okay. And I said financial reasons. Yeah. Because I thought they meant taxes. Yeah. No. It's because the British troops were living in their houses. That's what the test said. It's an answer to the question. Well, really? Really? That's why we went to war? I mean, I know this might have added on to the anxiety, right. but the war was over taxes, and more precisely, the war was over sugar, and it was over rum. It wasn't even over tea. Good God. This is something that you and I have been talking about for probably as long as we've been doing the show, which is the problem right now is that in schools is we don't teach civics. And civic civics, not this, how many articles are in the Bill of Rights? Right. 28, 25, 30, <laughs> what? So here we go. Yeah. In the bogus Woodrow Wilson test, every state except Vermont saw a majority of people fail, and only 27% of those under age 45 were able to pass because I think many of the questions were baby boomer related. It was like World War II questions <laughs> and World War I questions. Vermont was the only state to have a majority of the people take the test and pass at 53%, Vermont. In California, only 40% passed. The lowest was Louisiana, where just 27% were able to pass. Maybe they didn't care. Maybe they just thought right off the bat, this test is BS. Uh, So here's my idea anyway for citizenship. I like the idea that you take a test for citizenship, but it should be about how the structure of government works, not about dates. So my idea is uh, you put together a good test, and any person who passes this real citizenship test should be given a Citizen Plus status. Citizen Plus, where you could get tax discounts and free admission to national parks. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. People who eat venison. Mm Mm-hmm. You know about those people? I know of them, yes. They could be at risk of contracting a deadly infectious disease that is spreading across the U.S. venison population, chronic wasting disease, what they call zombie deer disease. Yeah. (laughs) This doesn't sound good. Uh, Zombie deer disease has infected deer, elk, and moose across 24 states and two Canadian provinces. It's called... 
prion disease? Yeah. That's what the Republican Party has. <laughs> they do. It affects their brain. They are symptomatic. Yeah. Let's run down some of the symptoms. Tissues of the brain and spinal cord, apparently it affects that. Check. Check. Uh, clumsiness. Check. Check. Mitch McConnell listlessness. They yeah, call it the yeah, McConnell yeah. syndrome. Check. Excessive, yeah. <laughs> excessive thirst. Wow. Wow. All these things. Check. <laughs> and finally, the most telling one, drooling. Check. Check. That would be, yeah. There, there's the, yeah. Mahler, Mahler. That's right. Well, Mahler likes to drool. And burst of aggression before collapsing and eventually dying. Yeah. Check. Check. Up to 15,000 infected animals are eaten each year. That seems incredible to me. I mean, not intentionally. No. But they estimate that 15,000 infected animals are eaten each year, a number that could rise by 20% each year as we're moving through this. The zombie deer disease situation is comparable to the mad cow disease outbreak in Britain when 177 people died in the UK between 1986 and 2014. The editor of a small-town Alabama newspaper published an editorial calling for the Ku Klux Klan to not ride again against Democrats who are plotting to raise taxes in Alabama. If we could get the Klan to go up there and clean out D.C., we'd all be better off, said Goodloe Sutton, the publisher of the Linden Democrat Reporter. So he wants to kill Democrats, and his paper is called The Democrat Reporter. <laughs> Maybe he should just change the name of his paper, you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the Lynchburg Express. Maybe that's what he should change it to. I'm going to say this with a bit of irony, so please don't take this literally. Uh-oh. At least he is being true to himself in this editorial. Right, let's give him let's give him that he really yeah, he's saying what's on his mind. <laughs> like right, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really one of the worst things yeah. you can say about somebody is well, at least he said what was on yeah. his mind. But we'll it, get the it, hemp ropes out, <laughs> loop them over tall limbs, and is, hang all of them, Goodlow said. Goodlow. When asked if he felt it was appropriate for <laughs> that word appropriate. You put that in a question to a guy that just said that. Yeah. When asked if he felt it was appropriate for the publisher of a newspaper to call for the lynching of Americans, Goodloe said, It's not calling for the lynching of Americans. These are socialist communists we're talking about. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> I just... You know, I don't even know what to say to this. I, it's not funny. No, <laughs> It's not, not funny. It is... Yeah, yeah Mahler just... agrees. Meanwhile, a Coast Guard lieutenant and self-identified white nationalist was arrested after federal investigators uncovered a cache of weapons and ammunition in his Maryland home that authorities say he stockpiled to launch a massive domestic terrorist attack targeting politicians and journalists. Yeah. Christopher Paul Hassan called for focused violence to establish a white homeland and dreamed of ways to kill almost every last person on Earth, according to court records. Hassan has a spreadsheet of targets that included House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Senator Richard Blumenthal, and Joe Scarborough. (laughs) How did Joe Scarborough get Uh, there? There were a few MSNBC-affiliated people in there. Chris Hayes was on the list. Ari Melber was on the list. As you would suspect, the usual suspects, like, oh, God, I mean, it goes on. He was going to kill a lot of people in service to creating chaos 
and a white. Yeah, all you had to do is read Donald Trump's tweets to figure out who to kill. Well, this is where I'm not going to do the whole. It's Donald Trump's fault that he was. No, I'm not going to do that. However, Trump hasn't said anything about this. This is more Fox News yeah. than it is Trump. That's and, true. And then Trump is more Fox News than he is Trump. So uh, he hasn't said anything. The administration hasn't said a word. They've chimed in on the guy in Chicago, the actor from Empire. They've chimed in and on that. Yeah. And by the way, I watched Fox News last night just to see what they were going to do. They spent a whole hour on this actor in Chicago, a whole hour. But the other part of this is it was only a few months ago that those mail bombs were mailed out to Pelosi, Schumer, and Obama. We've now had a couple of instances where presidents were threatened, the leadership of the Democratic Party has been, and nothing from this administration in yeah. terms of outrage or any words of comfort, anything like that, once again. If this news frightens you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI-FM to lift your spirits? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio at 88.9 FM, KUCI.org. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, on Twitter at KUCIFM, and at Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on iTunes. Go to Internet College University, KUCI 88.9 FM. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great report in the New York Times out this week called Intimidation, Pressure and Humiliation Inside Trump's Two-Year War on the Investigations Encircling Him. Big, long report. Yeah, it is a huge report. And it's worth the read. Yes. For everyone, just to kind of put these two years together. Yeah. The report found a continuous behind-the-scenes effort by Trump to undermine all the investigations into his presidency that he doesn't like. <laughs> Trump tried to derail federal law enforcement through political appointments and a public campaign to discredit the Russian investigation, right. to discredit Mueller. Witch hunt! <laughs> Trump wanted to put a loyalist in charge of a federal inquiry in New York looking into hush money payments made by his former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen. After humiliating and then firing his first attorney general, Jeff Sessions, yeah. Jeff Bowe, <laughs> over Jeff Bowe's decision to recuse himself from the Russian investigation, Trump asked his new acting attorney general, Matthew Whitaker, acting attorney general, if one of Trump's friends could take control of the federal investigation in New York involving him. Yeah. <laughs> Whitaker said no. To his credit, he had said that part of his job was to jump on a grenade for Trump, but not, not this time. No. Trump's public attacks on the Russian investigation evolved from a public relations strategy into a legal strategy. Yes. In other words, it evolved from tweets to lawyers. Yeah. Jesus. It includes attacking the investigators, raising questions about the legitimacy of the law enforcement process, and discrediting witnesses. Yeah. Trump publicly criticized federal investigations, opening him up to possible obstruction of justice charges. We've talked about all this stuff as it's going on, but to see it all in one place in a good long story is a good read. Yeah, it is. 
White House lawyers wrote a confidential memo about misleading public statements after the firing of Michael Flynn, Trump's first national security advisor. Flynn resigned in February of 2017 after it was reported that he was in touch with Russia's ambassador to the U.S. at the end of 2016 to discuss recent Obama administration sanctions that hurt the Russian mafia financially. And that's what we've been talking about. He was fired. Exactly. And the way it was characterized was that he resigned. Flynn said he resigned because he inadvertently led Mike Pence and other senior White House officials about his talks with the Russian. The next day, the president and his advisors met in the Oval Office to discuss how to explain Flynn's departure. This is a fun little part of this article. Yeah, yeah. They all got together. How do we explain the guy that just set up <laughs> our corrupt campaign with the Russians? One of the advisors mentioned in passing that the House Speaker at the time, remember this guy, right? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. May he burn in hell. I know. Of Wisconsin told reporters that the president had asked Flynn to resign. So Trump said, say that. Yes, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, forget about the truth. No. Forget about informing the public. Forget even about a a strategy. Whatever happens at the time that's in front of Trump. Yeah. (laughs) Trump believed he put an end to the Russian investigation when he fired Flynn, too. (laughs) (laughs) During a lunch with one of his longtime allies, Chris Christie, Trump said, this Russia thing is all over now because I fired Flynn. (laughs) According to Christie, and Chris said, nah, that's not what happened. But Trump said, what do you mean? Flynn met with the Russians. That was a problem. I fired Flynn. It's over. What thank, a maroon. Thank God he's God. not that bright. Thank I, I, yeah, I really but, yeah. I say this all the time. He's like a, a Marvel super villain, you know? <laughs> and, and he's but but not a smart one. He's no. just all about bluster. He's all about intimidation. And this is the thing that I think drives Trump. Trump has no attention span. For him, it's about winning the moment. It's about winning that hour, winning that day without any thought whatsoever about what's around the corner, what's over the horizon. It's all about if I can win the new cycle today. This is not a governing strategy. It's just the way he is. Trump rages almost daily to his 58 million Twitter followers that Mueller is on a witch hunt and has adopted the language of mafia bosses by calling those who cooperate with a special counsel rats. His lawyers talk openly about a strategy to smear and discredit the special counsel investigation. The president's allies in Congress and the conservative news media warn of an insidious plot inside the Justice Department, Mm. a department that he's appointed people to. And the FBI, another place he's appointed people to, to subvert a democratically elected president, which I put quotes around democratically. Right. Thank you. He lost the popular vote for president by almost three million votes. It's because of an arcane, out-of-date, racist electoral college. The reason it came into being was to prevent... It's got to go right now. I mean, it is really... That was the one time they could prove themselves, and they didn't. No. No, they didn't. The courts hammered Trump for sabotaging Obamacare in rulings that cost the Treasury Department $12 billion a year, payable to health insurers who were cheated by Trump's actions. The most recent beneficiary of a court judgment is the Los Angeles insurer, LA Care Health Plan, which was awarded $6 million. 
Seeing that the money was promised by the Affordable Care Act and that Trump had no right to stiff anybody, Judge Thomas Wheeler wrote that L.A. Care should not be left holding the bag for taking our government at its word. Yeah. True. Yeah. The money is the so-called cost-sharing reduction written into the ACA. It was designed to cover a subsidy made available to buyers of ACA exchange plans with household income of below 63000 for a family of four. Those buyers receive not only a subsidy to reduce their insurance premiums, but also additional subsidy to reduce deductibles and co-pays. Yeah. It's a good deal. Yeah. It's what they should do. So far across the country, more than 90 insurers, that's companies we're talking about here, including scores brought into court as part of a class action lawsuit, have won their cases before the court of claims. We're talking $12 billion. Yeah. As one of the people said, Trump could build his goddamn wall with that money. <laughs> That's true. By the way, I want to acknowledge Michael Hiltzik, who yeah. is the L.A. Times reporter, who's been putting out a number of really good yeah. stories. Follow Michael Hiltzik. Yeah. If you, yes. If you read anybody, right. read Michael Hiltzik. Yeah. I agree. L.A. Times. It may not be the insurers that get the benefit, but their customers, because ACA sets limits of up to 20% on the gross profits that insurers can earn from the ACA plans and requires them to rebate the excess to the customers. Another good deal with ACA. As ACA expert Charles Gaba observed, this rule has been extremely successful. By 2016, it has resulted in nearly $4 billion in rebates. The Trump administration is likely to appeal the court of claims rulings. We'll see how that thing goes. Yeah. But. yeah, once again, in this maniacal drive to destroy all things Barack Obama. <laughs> it would be funny if it wasn't so seriously harmful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The brains of two genetically edited girls born in China last year may have been changed in ways that enhance cognition and memory, scientists say. The twins called Lulu and Nana had their genes modified before birth by a Chinese scientific team using the editing tool CRISPR. Yeah. You know about that. The goal was to make the girls immune to HIV. Now, new research shows that the same twist to the girls' DNA to a gene called CCR5 not only makes mice smarter (laughs) when they do it to mice. They didn't do it to the girls, and then the mice got smart. (laughs) It not only makes mice smarter, but also improves human brain recovery after stroke and could be linked to greater success in school. That's what they said in the story. In other words, it can make you smarter. I don't know about school. Yeah. You know? Greater success in school. Good grief. Who the hell wrote this story? Anyway. However... The exact effect on the girl's cognition is impossible to predict, and that's why the experiment has been widely condemned as irresponsible. And he, Yian Kui, the lead scientist in the experiment, is under investigation in China. This is all good until it goes really bad. You know, this is one of those things you find out, oh, we never should have done this. Say they did it on Mahler. Yeah. Could he be smarter than us? <laughs> Maybe. I think I, I don't I think know. He already believes that to yeah. be true. So <laughs> are we gonna get in a biotech race with China now right. to see who can develop the smartest person? Right. And another thing you can throw into the equation is AI. Alan Iverson? Alan Iverson. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have been great if they'd have made him smarter. <laughs> Good God, he was great the way he was. Yeah. He's right. got the crossover gene and they want everyone to have yeah, that. Yeah. Uh I feel like we're competing now with AI. With artificial intelligence. I think humans are now in kind of an arms race with algorithms and artificial intelligence. 
Okay. Researchers at Purdue University are working on a new chemical technique that turns waste plastic into useful polymers. See? Yeah. yeah. Or even clean fuel. Or even see this is where yeah, this, I watched. <laughs> I read too. the article. Sounds like Trump. Wait a minute. Yeah. Clean fuel. This is petroleum based. Clean fuel. <laughs> the new technique works on polypropylene, which is used to make everything from toys to snack food bags. The technique uses superheated water to convert the plastic into a gasoline-like fuel that could be used in conventional vehicles. There's the key line. Yeah. Gasoline-like. Now, does that mean it's not gasoline, petroleum that's going to pollute the environment, or have you turned it into something? That I think it'll I c- probably pollute it to any <laughs> eaty bit, yeah. you know, which, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Oh, can I drink it? You know, I mean, I don't I want to make yeah, sure. Are, are we turning one bad thing into another bad thing There you thing go. Here? Yeah. Are seven and a half trillion pounds of plastic into something that's even more menacing? The conversion technology has the potential to boost the profits of the recycling industry and shrink the world's plastic waste stock. Okay, well, that's true, but will it poison us in the end? Yeah. Polypropylene accounts for 23% of the 5 billion tons of plastic waste that's been dumped into landfills and the environment, meaning that somebody could make money on the deal. <laughs> France's Fencing Federation officially recognized lightsaber dueling. <laughs> lightsaber dueling. Yes. Placing it alongside the traditional disciplines of pay, foil, and saber. Yeah. The lightsabers aren't like the ones in the Star Wars Mm-mm. movies. Mm-mm. Not like that. They don't no. buzz. And, no. no. And they're not filled with plasma. No? No. They're made from a rigid polycarbonate with LED lighting and, in some cases, sound effects built in. Oh, we'll see. There you go. Oh, God. It may be a tremendous boost to fencing. Yeah. And they're saying it may be a tremendous boost to get kids off their butts. The International Fencing Federation, the sport's worldwide governing body, is keeping an eye on how lightsaber fencing goes. That's the International Fencing Federation. We are always watching new trends in sword play, the official said. And we are interested in observing the development and adaptation of it in the French Fencing Federation. Uh. Well, have you ever fenced, Nathan? Have you ever... I had, I had a couple friends who were very good at fencing. Oh, okay. Took it in college. Uh, I didn't. Huh. It's a great sport. You yeah. Know, I mean... It's much more physical than you might think oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you're... Because all that lunging and, and it keeps your hand-eye coordination at a yeah. real exact Yeah, because efficiency. you have to put the, the tip of the sword in up. You have to put oh, it in well, a you've got to watch out for what's coming at you. Well, that too. It's an amazing sport. Yeah. I think I'll take up fencing. Well, yeah, yeah I'd like to take it on with my friend over here. Mahler. Ma- yeah, Mahler. Yeah. You know, Mahler and I play Frisbee. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not around. We, we play Frisbee. Yeah. And that's a really good exercise. Yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you. He wants to go right now. I know he does. That's what I, I, do yeah. it right a little bit, Mahler. The problem is I give him the Frisbee to hold on to, and I get yeah. it back, and it's all chewed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. All right? If you want to play. Yeah. And finally, yeah. in Ohio... Where winds gusted above 50 miles per hour, the National Weather Service announced a small dog warning. (laughs) You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.